Metallica. Here they come, the kings of metal. Podcast. I'm Ethan Lutz. And I'm Clint Wells. And we got a special, extra special guest today, our keyboard player, Mr. Don Eanes. Don Eanes. That would be me. Give it up. <laughs> we are here in front of a live studio audience, That's and right. they just can't get enough of you already. Now, my nickname that I've already bestowed upon you that I really hope sticks, especially with our audience, Don Don Jovi. Um, I will answer to Don Don Jovi anytime I And then it. I've started putting the abreve on it, and now I affectionately refer to you as Don Don. Uh, you could say double DJ. Yeah, DDJ. <laughs> I'm cool with that. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Don. Thank you for taking your precious time where we're not making music to talk to us about your career and Metallica and whatever you want to talk about, Absolutely. really. It's a, a pleasure to be here. Um, one of the best things about this gig is uh, hanging out with Clint and Ethan. Amen. And that bass player. What was his name again? Oh, Johnny Sword. Oh, Johnny. Horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Johnny Sword Jovi. Yeah. Yeah. JSJ JS, double DJ is um, right. Any quick thoughts on Bon Jovi? Um, let's see. Quick thoughts on Bon Jovi. Or Tico Torres. Um, David Bryan, their keys player. That's right. right. Any thoughts? I am um, I'm a guy in my late forties, so um You saw the slippery room wet tour six times. No, but I own that cassette for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my man. And and I liked David Bryan's Perm. Yeah, he had a nice hairdo. <laughs> nice oh yeah, hair. nice blonde perm. Remember yeah. when you used to call someone's hairstyle a hairdo? A hairdo. A hairdo yeah. He had a nice hairdo. He really did. Yeah. Um. So I I was a Bon Jovi fan for sure. I mean, I'm a kid of the '80s. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> well, well, listen, we're excited for, for our our listeners to get to know you a little bit. We're here at First Avenue, one of our favorite venues in Minneapolis. Historic First Avenue. Historic. With the purple one is hovering in the building somewhere. The great purple one. Any quick thoughts on Prince? Break down um, everything about Prince for us. Well, I uh, I have a video I'm going to repost. Uh, there's the synth solo uh, to When Doves Cry, mm-hmm. which was recorded at like double speed. Mm-hmm. Or they recorded it like half speed and yeah. then sped it up. But I s- attempted to play it like in real time. Right. So yeah. I've, it's I've, like the solo to um, In My Life on yes, Rubber Soul. Exactly. Where George yeah. Martin played yeah. it slow and then sped it up. But, That's cool. Um, but Prince is great. Yeah. He's... Uh, yeah, it's incredible. You know my first ever screen name when I was 12 years old, AOL, When Doves Cry. See, that's incredible. Awesome. Couldn't get um, that now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably taken. But I, I also have somewhere at my house, I have the Purple Rain cassette. Yeah. yeah I mean, nice. What, what, was, yeah. Um, uh, what was your first social media username? Um, gosh, I, I wasn't a MySpace guy. I was like, this is BS. Um this is their space. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a MySpace guy. You were known to say that a lot at that time. <laughs> like, are you on MySpace? No, it's on their space. Um, so I, I did not get on Instagram or Facebook until I absolutely had to have it for my job. Right. Um, but I think um, 
It must have been D.L. Eames. D-L-E-A. You know about Johnny Swords, what his first email address was. Has he ever told you that? No, he hasn't. Little Tommy Lee Drummer Boy. But he spelled drummer wrong. How so old was it's he? D R U M A M E R. So Drummer, little Tommy Lee Drummer boy. How old was he when he? Made I think he was probably twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah, I was thinking like twelve or something. Right. I've, um, always, I've always been in a good spot with usernames where my name is so unique that it's always available. Right, right. Well, uh, Eames is a unique uh, last name, so E A N E S is always yeah. available. So yeah. Well, or is it Don Eames? It is Eames with an N, as in. Uh, Nevada. Nancy. That took way too long for everybody. That took way too long. That was a South Park episode. Uh, well, look, this is our Turn the Page uh, series where we talk about life on the road. Here we are on the road, as yeah. Ethan mentioned. We're That's in right. Minneapolis. This is day 20, 21. Something like that, yeah. This is our, what, 15th show? I think so. Last night we were in Chicago. Played a great show in Chicago. Just outside of Chicago, actually. Rosemont. Chicago, Chicago-ish. Rosemont. We're right by the airport. Yeah. And then here we are tonight. In uh, Minneapolis, it feels good. Let's, we have a little bit of housekeeping before we bit, yeah, jump into Don Don Jovi's story. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna. is on the way. Yeah, just a quick little housekeeping. We've got two new patrons this week. We've got Michael Lepre and Mindagas Rayla. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but we thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you, guys. Means a lot. I think they can feel it. I absolutely believe they can feel it. Are you aware of that sample, what that's from? Did no. you ever... Hot Summer Nights. Hot Summer Nights. Let me play the longer yeah. version, see if it, it jogs your memory. I don't know what that I is. I will admit to that. It's this thing that circulated around Nashville, started about 20 years ago, okay. and it's rejected demos. No, okay, now wait a minute. I have... In cassette form. I lived in Murfreesboro <laughs> in, in 1996. It all comes back to the, the well, humble cassette I'm, I'm for Don Don. I'm an old guy. Uh, 96, 97, there was a cassette uh, floating around with demos. It yeah. was just hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the same one. Yeah. Um, Except for us youngins, it was passed around on CD. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I've got, first got it on compact disc. There was another classic one on there. The chorus went, kill me, kill me, kill me. Yes. My, my buddy, uh, Tom Harding who owned, we were talking about Tom the other day, mm-hmm. a Tombstone Recording in Nashville off Azalea. Uh, that's when I first became hip to that. But that, I had not heard that individual brilliant. Uh, <laughs> See, I feel, like that, I feel like that one, if that was released as an album, that would be the lead single, for sure. The production values on that scream like 2,000-something. Well, you can tell what they did is they did this thing that happens all the time in town where like some kid who probably had a, parents had a little jangle. Right. Got him a day in Nashville with some like Nashville cats. Yeah, right. Because the recording and the musicianship's all—it's cheesy, but it's you can tell the people playing it know how to play. Yes. Yeah. And then you got him creaking out "Hot Summer Nights." Over they're it. they're earning a buck. That's right. They absolutely are. <laughs> These people would be shocked to know that, like, even the guys that are making the big records in town, they do a bunch of bullshit like that. Um, I think we're all doing it right now, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, we're in this wait, room together. Wait, right? there's some excellent material that I am recording. And doing while I'm out here on the road. Yeah, I got um, to I got to hear some of that. Yeah. And it's you loved it. Yeah, it was really it good. Right. Yeah, really absolutely. Good. But sometimes you get some turds, and you gotta you know put your 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 talent over the top of it. 
and hope that they like it. And that, and when I do that, it's E A M. That's when Don Don Eames is uh, right. active. That's right. That's, I'm just kidding. Well, listen, we're on all the socials: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, blah 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 blah. You know where they are. Best way to get a hold of us is middle of your podcast show at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to read a few emails, not as many as normal, because we want to get to know old Don Don Jovi. <laughs> Don Don. Let's jump into the email corner. That should be my new username. <laughs> All right, our first email is from Thomo. Can we just talk about how badass that name is? Yeah. Imagine if, you're, if my name was Thomo. Things would be a lot different for me. I mean, I feel like Thomo. Okay, this is this is Thomo's music. Hello, my name is Thomo. And oh, how we raced horses through the barren lands of two Mordor. I, Thomo, the Great. Oh, how I love it. Shall we shed this mortal coil? For I, Thomo, must now make a pronouncement. Thomo, sorcerer of the mountain. I, I like that you jumped in with sorcerer. You got any more in there? Um, you want to do some more Thomo? I, when I heard Thomo, I thought like Knight Rider. <laughs> Give us that guy. Give us that character. It's David Hasselhoff. Just watch an episode of me watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's hear what Thomo has to say. Let's see. Thomo has to say. He says, "Good day, mates." Good day, oh, mates. Australia. <laughs> let's put another shrimp on the barbie. He says, good day, mates. My M72 wish list is just come to Australia. I'm just getting the kick out of watching Don react to you hitting the buttons. I want one of those machines. Just this, to, magic, just this magic box roadcast. You know how the magic box. Can we give me that medieval shit again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how he pressed. You know how he pressed a futuristic box which contained noises. It might transport you to a new land via portal, Don Don. Yes, and what do you think? That machine is the future. (laughs) (laughs) This is the future. There's already a new version now, but this one's the future. I wonder if we're are we going to ever get through Thomo's email here? I don't know. It's real short. Is this an actual person or is this? This is a real. (laughs) No, it's a sorcerer. We've already established that. (laughs) Beyond time, please. (laughs) Uh, My M72 wish list just come to Australia. Wow. Um, we can then throw a, a, many a shrimp on the Barbie. I just want to feel it, really feel oh, it. Oh, he feels it. I, yeah. I can feel it. I can feel it. Your mate from Adelaide, Australia, New Jersey. Thank you, Thomo. Yeah, the Australian fans have really kind of gotten fucked. I mean, they haven't seen the band in like 10 years or I know, something. it's been a while. They booked the tour, but then it got canceled, and then they kind of never rescheduled it. By the way, if you're hearing background noise... <laughs> What's butt background noise? <laughs> uh, it's because we were sitting in the green room, which is right next to the stage, and our lovely, hard-working crew are uh, ringing out the PA. That's right. Um, well, Thomo, I hope that they get to your beautiful kangaroo land soon. That's right. I'm going to put in a good word with my best friends in Metallica. I feel like once Metallica shows up, there's going to be like a an army of people playing didgeridoos just welcoming them with open arms. Oh, and, dude. You know? Hell Yeah. All right, our next email, and then we're going to have Don Don read the last email. That's right. Uh, well, jury's still out. Do you know how to read? Because um, uh, we we're getting to know each other. Hey, guys. <laughs> I just... Was it in Dumb and Dumber? He goes, to, 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 hey, the. Right, I can I can't read the written word. I can read sheet music. Well, you'll read the last one, but I'll read this next one from Eli Webster. Hey, guys, wanted to say I'm a big fan of the show. Listen to it all the time at work. You guys help the day go by pretty fast. Ride the Lightning is my favorite album, and I loved your episode on it. Got to say, 
I can't stand load and reload. Mm, you know what? Boo. Uh, or saying anger for that matter, and they all belong in the same dumpster fire. That, those are heavy words, right? There. Heavy words, yeah. <laughs> I do, however, love Death Magnetic and have some of my favorite songs from their entire discography, like David Never Comes and All Nightmare Long. I think of The Day That Never Comes as one part two, the continuation of the soldier's point of view of war. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's how I've always understood that song. Kind of like How Unforgiven 3 has three parts, same concept. Also, if you want my ranking of albums, here it is. Number one, Lightning, two puppets, three Kill em All. Four Justice, five Black Album, six Death Magnetic, seven Hardwired, eight Load, nine Reload, ten Saint Anger. I love your show and think of it as the quote unquote official Metallica podcast. Thanks for keeping me entertained at work. Eli, keep on rocking the free world. Well, he just said that two of my favorite Metallica records are a dumpster fire. Well, uh, but he finished with the Neil Young reference. That's true. Sort of. Half half a reference. (laughs) Yes. Well, I th- we thought it'd be fun for you to read this last email, and Absolutely. it's fitting because we're in Minneapolis. This is from our, our friend of the show, Amanda Hefner, who is from here. Okay, wonderful. Oh, is um, she coming to the show? She cannot make it. She has work in Madison. She's no friend of ours. I know, not anymore. Amanda. <laughs> Amanda Hefner writes, Hey, guys, I just finished listening to If Darkness Had a Sun episode, and it was a great listen. Like always, for me, it took a few plays of the song before it really sank in and hooked me. And I think it's because I was originally taken aback by how much, like, reload the vocals sound. But overall, I think the song is mean, heavy, and very dark. A recipe that can't go wrong in the Metallica world. Unlike Lux, which is an instant thrash classic, darkness takes a while to digest and savor, but it is very satisfying in the end. In the episode, I appreciated Clint comparing the song's chorus to Ghost. Something I haven't thought of, but definitely here now and really do. I'm just changing people's entire perception. <laughs> That's right. They're gone. That's right. I'm trying to compare my reading of this email to something. And I'm <laughs> no, anyway, um, moving forward. However, I am mainly writing this message because sad but true, pun intended, mm. I am going to miss you guys when you come to Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis on 311 Day with Morgan. I'm super bummed because I have to be in Madison for work, which we've already discussed Thursday through Sunday. It looks like we're going to be like ships in the night. Passing each other I know by. how they were ships in the night. <laughs> floating through an empty chasm. I know how Thono, Thomo rescued him and Poseidon. <laughs> I hope this means we can make up for it and grab a beer in St. Louis this November when we see the boys. Really looking forward to catching you guys live and in person sooner than later. Hope you enjoy your time in the Twin Cities. Take care and keep Kicking ass, Amanda Hefner. Man, is this background noise too gnarly? I mean, it only sounds like there's just a dance club behind us. <laughs> Which we had a dance club last night, right? That's so true. We're we kind of d- used to it. Disco loadout. This <laughs> is a disco episode here happening. But by the way, boys, happy 311 day. Uh, yeah. 311 day. I don't have a 311 sample in the machine, unfortunately. Well, what the hell are we doing with that thing if we don't have a 311 sample? I know. This is a waste there. of money. Do we still have the Kid Rock sample in there? Oh, hell yeah, we do. Well, okay. you know what? In lieu of 311, let's just hear a little Kid Rock. My name is Kid. 311. Kid Rock's just coming original. Amber is definitely the color of his energy right there. Yeah. 
I saw Seeker in Nashville, and Kid Rock was the special guest. Seeker? Seeker, Bob Seeker. Oh, Bob, Sorry. you went ahead and just went with the last name, right. Christian name. Oh, it was Sieg. Yeah, the Sieg man. Uh, it was great, I think. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> wow. Anyway. What a review. Did, did you know, I saw him once. It no, was, uh, um, I was referring to Kid Rock as the special it guest. It was great. Bob Seger I think. was fantastic. It yeah. was before their did, uh, saxophone player. Did they passed. bring Kid Rock out on Turn the Page? What did, what, what did they do? Do you remember? Um, it might have been Detroit Rock City. Okay. Yeah. Because that's, that's a Detroit boy. Yeah. That's right. And then they, I think they did... Um, I can't remember. I love all these bands, including Metallica, who did this also. They're like, you know what? We're in Detroit tonight. You know what we could do? Ever heard of Detroit Rock City? Everyone in Detroit's like, God, everyone fucking covers that song. Now, uh, for your listeners, if if I got that wrong, if they did not do Detroit Rock City, will someone email in and say, hey, hey, (laughs) Chuck, you you got that wrong? Yeah, you know the scene in Full Metal Jacket where they fill up all the pillowcases with bars open and they beat him almost to death? That's coming for you if you get that fact right. I, oh, I yeah. probably did because I've been known to just make stuff up. I think they did Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> <laughs> when we were we were in Detroit recently, and we of course ended up doing some sort of version of Eminem's uh, the oh, Eight yeah. Mile shit, Mom Spaghetti, Lose Yourself. Yeah, and they loved I, it. I was talking to the club owner <laughs> or whoever the GM or whoever, and I said, "Does every band?" sound check and fuck like fuck with some Eminem yes. shit and he's like yeah we used to keep a board in the back that was like this many days since you know <laughs> there was an accident right <laughs> you'd hear some fucking band that thinks they're funny just like us do it and they just have to wipe that number you know right exactly start back over well if you get that fact wrong Don I'm gonna give you a heads up you're gonna hear something like this just so you know and that's, I, the, that's the metal police the metal police yeah I am almost certain that I will get that wrong and they'll um, take your ass straight to jail oh yeah no question, no, 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 no warrant We're, issued. No, and you'll spend. I mean, for that kind of infraction, um, getting a factoid wrong about a Bob Seger Kid Rock show, uh, I'm guessing six months to a year. Mm-hmm. Is that in jail or at Kid Rock's club? <laughs> same place. That's the same place. That's right. Yeah, you'd be a prisoner there. Exactly. I'm a prisoner. <laughs> I'm a prisoner Sorry. of Kid Rock. <laughs> All right, well, so you have joined the Morgan Wade Band. Yes. You are a phenomenal keyboard player. Thank you. And you're out here playing what I just learned a Krumar was. Yeah. You brought a Nord, which kind of covers everything. You yeah. brought a Mellotron, which covers everything. Yes. And a Krumar, which kind of covers everything. Right. So you've got some fun shit going on. It's, uh, it's called there's, it's Overkill, I think. It's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a great rig. I, uh, I might get in trouble here, but I am uh, sponsored by Hammond organ company oh right i've been waiting to say that this whole time haven't you? you can look me up my pictures right beside keith emerson on the hammond organ <laughs> site really? but um no b3 on this and yet rig. you're not playing any hammond gear that's um i'm gonna tell old man hammond they, is he still alive how many <laughs> listeners do we have on this podcast <laughs> like three or four um tens of thousands <laughs> sometimes uh yeah um what if I say something and then I look one day and my, we, pic- my picture's no longer beside <laughs> you? Right. We do get like 40,000 downloads a month. Um, I so love, measure I, your I, love, I love my XK5 <laughs> Heritage <laughs> Series rig. Um, but there was, there was no, uh, you don't make friends by showing up with a B3 and a Leslie cabinet. Right. So I have this Krumar Mojo 61, which is a great... B3 substitute. And now you got me fucking looking on eBay every day for them. I'm going to yep, find one for too. the both of you. It's a great B3, Whirly, Rhodes, Clav, Piano. That's right. 
it's 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 all you need. We kind of really. we, we were calling it the poor man's Nord. Yes, but in my it's humble, cooler than the Nord. I, in I my humble in my humble opinion, the Krumar Mojo sounds more like my B three than the Nord. Because nothing beats the B three. Nothing beats the da, 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 da. <laughs> Brought to you by Hammond Organs. Yes, thank you, Hammond. <laughs> um, well, tell us a little bit about your musical journey. Uh, um, so it starts with oh Slippery Lord. When Wet. Slippery When Wet happened. That's like your demarcation line, right? You lived your whole life till Bon Jovi dropped that album. <laughs> or was it early when Runaway came out? Um, Let's tell your story okay. through the lens of Bon Jovi's discography. Okay. Uh, ever- <laughs> there was the uh, the first uh, album cover, Slippery When Wet, right. which was then, uh, I guess, uh, PG-13. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, then the, the gatefold was, was the Bon Jovi guys, and there was a bunch of girls in bikinis like washing their car yes. or something. Um, which is pretty efficient. No, I, but I remember uh, covering uh, When You Give Love a Bad Name and cover bands when I was like 14. It's just 15. You Give Love a Bad Name. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe there's a win in parentheses before it that I've never seen. Um, oh, dude, for that infraction? <laughs> that might just be a, a, a citation. Mm, or maybe like a lashing or a full cavity search. Anyway, as I was listening to John Bon G.O.V. <laughs> <laughs> That, that is accurate. John right. Bon Giovini. Yay! Yay, that, that actually, you know, give it up for Giovi. Um, I, I wasn't a huge Bon Jovi fan. Right. Um, but a fan, yeah. Do you know the song Someday I'll Be Saturday Night? I do not. That's a good one. Do you know the song uh, Bed of Roses? I think so. Or all- I won't lay oh, yes, down of course. Bed of always. Roses. Yeah. Always great yeah, ballad. I know that one. Yeah. Uh, I'll be there for you. Oh, of course, monster yeah, ballad. Of course. See now, some guys like you, you like to rock out to "When You Give Love a Bad Name," etc. When <laughs> wanted, dead or alive. Yeah, I go for the slow jams. I I I am a fan of Richie Sambora. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Oh yeah! Fantastic for sure. Do you like yeah. "When Bad Medicine"? That's a good one. <laughs> I like. Um, Do you like "When Blaze of Glory"? I like. Uh, <laughs> um, how Heather Locklear. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> you know, I always liked Richie too. I always thought he was a better looking dude, which is saying a lot because bon- John Bon Jovi is a very handsome man. And oh, a yeah. better Let's singer. Face facts. And a better singer. But he was a better singer. Yes. Because when I, he with I that, agree with that. You're like, woo, I know who's got the pipes in this band. Yeah. Whoa. That, um. <laughs> well, okay, that, hang on a second. That was quite a are sound they effect. Dest- are they destroying the sound? <laughs> was system? that the end of Fight Fire with Fire? Did Holy it shit. <laughs> My God. Um, I think a little poop just came out. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that, Don? Um, there's a bathroom right there. <laughs> there is there's a bathroom right, right here, dude. Anywhere is a bathroom as long as you're going. Yeah, as long yes, as you're wearing depends, you can go anywhere. You can go anywhere. Uh, well, so when did you start um, playing music? Like, what Did, yeah, did you um, love music before you could play an instrument? I did. Um, I When I was a kid, true story, five years old um, in kindergarten, and my piano teacher, Marguerite Branson, um, taught at High Point Elementary School, and I would just like walk down the hallway and peek in all the time, and I kept doing it like every week. And then finally, when I got to first grade, I was still like, "What the hell's going on in there with all those pianos?" And finally, she cornered me and said, "I can teach you how to do this." And I was like, "Okay." So I went home and told my parents, "I want to learn how to play the piano." So I started taking lessons. In the second grade, yeah. What are lessons like? I mean, like, what were the lessons? Were you learning, like, maybe um, have a little lamb and shit? Monkey, see, monkey, do, little <laughs> monkey, I love you. That's the actual song. I still remember it. To learn, like... Um, sheet music, um, and just to, to read sheet music, but just 
just start basic primer yeah. piano lessons. Literally, the first song is just middle C. Bing. Right. Bing. So, so, yeah. So, I started taking lessons and then um, for lots of years, like seven, eight years. But once I, 14, 15, joined a working uh, VFW Moose Lodge. <laughs> That's how we all get our start. Really? Yeah. And I made $51 at my first gig. I was 14 years old, and I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Someone paid me $51. Dude, I mean, at that age, any amount of money you get paid, you're, you're like, I'm rich. We're all going to McDonald's. Exactly. I had my little Korg M1 cent. Was it a cover band? It was. Uh, lots of uh, Bob Seger and some The Bon Jovi songs. But there was a female uh, lead singer, mm-hmm. Sandy Shortridge, who was great. So we did boatloads of like, Lori Morgan, Reba McIntyre, like, like country and rock kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah, because I'm I'm kind of from you know not kind of from from Southwest Virginia, Northeast Tennessee. Yeah, it'd be so. I don't know how could you kind of be from there. Um, well, I could have. Uh, I your could mom, your mom was li- given birth. I, on I could the, be on lying. The <laughs> <laughs> Tell us your address. <laughs> I feel like a lot of musicians came up doing cover. I'll speak for me, but I know that you you can play like a lot of different songs when we're fucking around on stage. Right, I am. A but having a cover band background helped me. It helped me learn how to store a lot of that information, right. and it helped me understand the way a lot of different kinds of songs work. Well, and then and then the idea of parts of songs or whatever a signature lick yes. maybe a solo getting yeah. tone right mm-hmm. um i would uh, probably say that the moose lodge vfw experience was more important than the lessons themselves yeah like lessons great foundation right but then playing with other musicians at that age were who, they were they older than you oh yeah like you in the their guy? 30s we, yeah, we were that, talking about it this morning oh, wow. right. uh, on the bus <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, the touring bus. The touring bus. It's a great bus. Um, anyway. Um, well, yeah. now that we got the water cleaned up, because Don Don didn't like the water sitch. Nor did I. It was I not great. The only, the only plus side was if I woke up warm and I stepped out of the bunk, that yeah. water would cool my feet off. I'm a top bunk guy, so as soon as my boots hit the board, so to speak, it wasn't boots hitting the board, it was wet socks hitting the board. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is, for a guy like me... Very upsetting well, experience. I wish we had the clip of it, but it reminds me of the uh, Lieutenant Dan talking to Forrest Gump and Bubba Gump. Right. When he's like, uh, you got dry socks? Is it? Is it that? Yeah. Is it Forrest Gump? He's like, if your socks get wet, you're fucked. You know? Right. Like, and That's touring right. is like war. Yes, it so is. So it's like, if we kept getting our socks wet and little babies had wet gangrene as feet, mm-hmm. we're all going to be going home without our feet. I can't decide if my favorite part about the bus is the water or the mouse that was living on the bus. Mice. Jesus. <laughs> mice. We have not seen there the least, second one there in like at least two. And we, I, we haven't I, seen one in a minute. I so. think they, they both have abandoned us somewhere you along think the they way. live in Cleveland now? We dropped them off at the Hall of Fame in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. God. That was fucking gnarly. Awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm glad these lessons and the... VFW stuff paid off, dude. I love that your story starts at the VFW Moose Lodge. It was yeah. called it was called the Walton House <laughs> in Radford, Virginia. How did? Yeah, um, go ahead. Oh no, the Walton House. It's funny. I was uh, touring, um, and I was one of those gigs where you drive home. Uh, bus dropped me off at the you know truck stop. I hopped in my car and I found the the club. I was like, where the hell was this place in Radford, Virginia? Kind of out of the way, off eighty one, but it's now a church. Um, it's and been I, redeemed. Yes, <laughs> and I walked in, 
and just like I owned the place and met the kid who was the worship leader or whatever and told him I was like hey what's up dude um I used to play here back in the 80s <laughs> and he he was super kind and showed me around but yeah, yeah. it looked it all looked the same like it, it was it hit me like a ton of bricks I Crazy. was like holy crap. how did you because I, I also started playing with people in their late 20s when yes. I was 16 right and I'm curious how you got the gig as a 14 year old the way I did was the lead singer was like a software tech at my mom's company and he was like the younger hip guy at work and they needed a guitar player and of course my mom like every mom in the world was like my son's great at guitar and i learned their whole set list which was like pearl jam and alice in chains and bon jovi yeah and i remember she dropped me off at his apartment and i was so nervous and we just played through all the songs and then before i knew it i was like in clubs with these guys yeah um, did your parents? How did you? How were you hanging out with thirty-year-olds uh, at fourteen? A similar deal. Like there was a, a music store in Abingdon called Matt Smith's Morale Music. There was a guy in there, Jim Christian, and he was the bass player in this band. So I would go in there as a fourteen-year-old kid and make helicopter sounds on every synthesizer in the <laughs> keyboard room. But then I'd also bust out some lick, and he must have heard me playing and said, "You should be in this band, I man." Yeah, and so that's how I met Jim. But I, I knew these guys from hanging out in that store, like all kids do at right. that age. Um, so, uh, so I went to a rehearsal. But God bless my parents; like they encouraged. Like I didn't even have a driver's license. Like they drove me to Meadowview, Virginia, thirty minutes for practice and stuff for rehearsal. Yeah. Um, so that's how I met him. And but the same deal. Like the sound guy was like he was an old guy in his early thirties. But he was like, we're going to look after Don mm-hmm. while we're in these honky-tonks. But, man, it was great. I saw my first bar fight. Oh, yeah. It was wonderful. That was – I, I definitely had a sense of, like, that I was definitely in a grown-up's world. Yes. And yeah. I was kind of getting to see it because I was, I was going to high school the next day. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I was, like, trying to tell people, like, no, nah, man, I was downtown Birmingham until, like, 2 a.m. playing right. with a, to a bunch of drunk buffoons. Right. And I saw, like, a lady's boobs, and, like, I saw a peop- I saw these college guys beat each other up, and then I got paid $100. Yeah, I'm we, living a life, baby. That we have a – that's a similar experience, and this is a, a pretty funny story. But um, I, I was a basketball player, big, tall guy, but I had all these unexcused absences because I was – I had a gig, right? So I'd go see Coach Pridemore, and um, where were you on Friday? I had a gig. Yeah. I had to miss school. Well, that's an unexcused absence. Like, like I care. Okay. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you understand what's happening here. I'm choosing this over school already. <laughs> and there, so I was on the JV squad, and at this point, I could dunk it. I was a great ball player. Bragger. <laughs> You're so conceited. I could do a 360, like the old, uh, uh, they called it the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. I could do that. Can't do it now. <laughs> Have you tried? Prove it. I can't get out of this seat. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I had to miss a scrimmage, for the love of God, right? Scrimmage against Chihuahua. And uh, Coach Garrett was furious. Um, well, because you were the only guy that could do the 360. They really needed you, dude. <laughs> right. They're like, damn, keyboards. I, I had a gig. And so he said, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, he was so mad. He said, you're going to have to decide if you're going to be a a keyboard player or a John S. Battle Trojan? And I'm not kidding. today a Trojan. And I said, well, and I think I said, well, Coach, my the possibility of me having a career in the NBA is slim to none. My, the possibility of having a career in music 
pretty good. So I quit. He went, no, wait. And I was like, too late. Too late. I'm out. Wow. You had to turn the corner. I did. And then he used to sell beef jerky and, and Dr. Pepper out of the locker room, and I robbed him blind. <laughs> I used to go in there every day and just ransack. He's probably his, a listener if, of our show. He um he's uh sadly uh, dearly departed from this earth now. Doesn't I mean he can't listen. <laughs> but yeah, uh so yeah, I made up for it in beef jerky and Dr. Pepper. Yeah. And and I got to do my gigs. <laughs> I had similar I played sports when I was a kid. This is slightly different than that. This isn't me giving up music or giving up sports for music, which I would eventually do. I think yeah. everyone who played sports eventually yeah, yeah. has to of do course. that. Because it takes up so much of your time, but I was on the tennis team and I was pretty pretty good at it. Yeah, like one of the like better pe- kids on the team. Yeah, and I got offered to be on the uh, the baseball team, and that was cooler. Chicks liked that more. Right, but I was not the best baseball player. Right. So, and I remember telling my tennis coach that I was leaving the tennis team because I was going to go join baseball, and he was so fucking mad. And he was like, "Can I t- can I talk to your mom?" Because I was thirteen. Right. So I was like, "Mom, coach Stevens wants to talk to you, Mom, Milo." <laughs> And, but I, I, I kept listening on the phone and he was like, Michelle, he's going to leave the tennis team team where he has all this promise and all this stuff to go sit on the fucking bench. They're not going to play him. And I remember I heard him say that and I was like, God damn. (laughs) And I still chose a baseball team and they benched me for sure. Yeah. And I was like watching the tennis team excel. There's only like 10 players on that team. There's fucking 20 of us on the baseball team and I ain't playing. He knew. Yeah. He knew what was up. He tried to tell me, but the, the thing is. Once you've made up your mind, well, no and, one can tell you shit. Yeah, for and sure. It, and it's high school athletics, for God's sakes. Right. That uh, does, um, my senior year of high school, there was a charity game. I was in this thing called the Key Club, and they played the coaches for, like, charity. It was an assembly, and I had two dunks in that game. Yeah. And so finally, one of the football coaches said, why are you not on our basketball team? And I think I said, you'll have to ask Coach Garrett that question. <laughs> you said, actually, <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm now in the Keys Club. <laughs> right, that's right. I have a set at the Martha Washington Inn. Yeah, they're Three like, sets. <laughs> show up early. They're like, we would love to have Don, but he just spends so much fucking time at the Moose Lodge. Exactly. He's Moose Lodging. Yeah. I'm Moose Lodging. At the, with the VFW um, gang. <laughs> weddings, whatever, whatever I could yeah. get. Yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Man. Uh, and is this, were you drinking at a young age? I, I started boozing it up, uh, man, like 18. Okay. Uh, heavy duty. So you were playing in a bar band young age, but not... not. I was not. I, I remember taking my, like, um, there was one the bartender, there's a place in Chihuahua called the Wagon Wheel, because of course it's called the Wagon yeah, Wheel. Right. I don't know, you want, I think I might have that wrong. It's called hit Wind the, Wagon hit Wheel. Hit the button, hit the button. <laughs> There you go. That's the police going after you. Dude, you're going to get life for all this. Uh, It might have been in Saltville, or I can't remember, but it's called the Wagon Wheel. But she would, I would always ask for a Coke, and she would put like a little bit of Jack in there. Oh, wow. Her her Um, name was Darla. Yeah, her name was Darla. (laughs) She's probably also sadly departed from this planet. (laughs) But it was just a few weeks after the drink, not lately. Sorry, that's not funny. I was actually kind of similar <laughs> when I when I was in those environments. I was like never drinking, even though some of the bar people or yeah. my bandmates would try to be cool. Yes, yeah. But I was always like a good little boy. I was scared. Well, no, yeah. I I did steal a Coors party ball from the. Uh, <laughs> What's a party ball? It's, it was was this thing that was like a little mini keg. Okay. And so my I played this gig at the Abingdon Country Club when I was just like sixteen and. 
Well, we stole a Coors Party Ball, but we couldn't figure out how to open the damn thing. <laughs> so we took a screwdriver <laughs> and opened it up, and it, you know, booze is, is going everywhere. And my friends and I, we just kicked it down a hill at this park. <laughs> Jesus, right. it really was a Party Ball. Yes, that reminds right. me of a Zoolander when they're like, the files are in the computer. Oh yeah, they're like they're in the computer, and then I, they're just banging the yes, computer. I. I that's you with the party ball. Yeah, I hope the guy who helped me do that is listening to this podcast. I, I won't name him by name. James Hetfield. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, this is a podcast about Metallica. It is, yeah. Um, yeah. That's, well, we, we, yesterday we were having a conversation about any, like, keys parts in Metallica songs. There's the one. And I played you un, the yes. intro to Unforgiven 3, which is a beautiful piano part. Yes. And, and you immediately got your piano app out and figured it out, like, instantly. <laughs> oh, well, I, I was like, that's got to be an E minor. And it, it was an E minor. It was, For yeah. sure. Totally. Do you have like a great ear for that kind of thing? I mean, can you hear a chord and hear what, what chord it is? Um, I, gosh, I hate. Uh, I mean, um, you've already bragged about your fucking up, your basketball ups. Yeah, that's a yes. I could do a reverse dunk. <laughs> now, um, I uh, people throw perfect pitch around. Yeah, do you I have, have that. I have relative pitch. Like I can once I, I can probably sing you an A right now. Um, well, if, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, uh see if that's an A. But as you get older, you half step and you get. Hang on, let's get the tuner app out and see what's up. Things get a little flat. Uh, that was an A. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. so, Holy shit. You really probably could do that 360, couldn't you? I really could. And we should probably end it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's no, um, it's all downhill from so, here. Uh, rel- Listen, everybody. Relative pitch where I can, I, I can't hear a note and identify it. I can get pretty close. Like I knew the Metallica song was an E minor right. just by hearing that tone. Um, by hearing James say, this one's an E minor, everybody. <laughs> yeah. By looking at his hands and the index <laughs> finger. <laughs> well, I told Don, I told Don too, I said, E minor is like the best guess of any Metallica song because I'm probably 70% oh, right, of yes, other songs right. are E. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so I have relative pitch and can listen well. So yeah. yeah. Anyway. So where do you go from there? You're in the band. Okay. At, you're at the Moose Lodge and, and other <laughs> regional facilities yeah. Um, similar. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I did that uh, up until as, as soon as I graduated from high school. I got a gig in a touring country band thanks to my buddy, Dame Bryant, mm-hmm. um, who's a Bristol, Virginia guy. But he went on to work with Tanya Tucker, was Clint Black's uh, MD for like 21 years. Wow. Olivia Newton-John, um, and Bristol Boy. But he got me my first gig in this country band. Um, out of Richmond, Virginia, touring like like, but like regional touring, but this would have been 1991. Um, so like we did some shows with like Brooks and Dunn when they. I remember talking to Kix Brooks at like this place in Richmond, Virginia called Broncos, and it, he I was just because brand new man had just gone number one killer songs. So, yeah, so they were playing this just dump of a bar in Richmond. But, and they wanted to get out of it, but the owner had him under contract, so he made those dudes play those oh, three so, shows. So, so the song was starting to take off. Yeah, so they're 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 uh, eclipsing that venue. Y- yes, but because they already had it on the books, they had to play it. Yeah, that whole like East Coast regional circuit. Um, My friend Kevin, who's been the drummer for Rodney this whole time, he right? tells yeah. the stories about when Rodney's first number one happened. It's called yeah. If You're Going Through Hell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. And he said same deal. They were playing. They were like traveling in a pickup truck. Yeah. And it was just him and Kevin, just drums and guitar, and they were playing the shittiest honky tonks in America. Yeah. When and they were on a tour, and that yeah. song happened, so they had to fulfill their contracts with right. what you're talking about. And they just said lines would be wrapped around these clubs like oh, three, four, five times. It was packed, and which is that's kind of a fun ride to be on. Yeah, it for was. Sure. It was fun. We did like I was just telling the story on the bus. Um, we did 
we played with like Trisha Yearwood at Cowboys Nightlife in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, when she's in love with the boy was like a top 20 single, which eventually would become number one. But, but that was a great learning experience. Oh my God. Uh, I did that gig for about a year. A what year was Kix Brooks like back then? Um, I, t- I didn't speak to Ronnie, but I talked to Kix Brooks and I, he would probably never remember this, but it was called either called Broncos or Sam's in Richmond, Virginia. Um, but no, I, I was just like, Hey, I'm a big fan. And I got his autograph from my brother and he said, yeah, man, we're, you know, we're both just songwriters in Nashville, but they put us together and said, let's do a duo thing. See how this thing takes off, how it's going to fly. I was like, well, it looks like it's pretty good. Is this, is this Pawpaw's buddy? No, that's up? that's how Kix Brooks talks. Yeah. <laughs> no, do you have a sample of him on that? No, no, it's, it's, no, we don't have a sample of that, but it's more like a, so for instance, uh, do that do that impression again. Um, well, you know, we just two Sony staff writers, and uh, they put us together and so, said, hey, oh, hell, man, let's make this thing fly. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I saw the light. I've been baptized by the fire. <laughs> and career. And scene. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, so that was a, I, it's the first time I ever got screwed in the music business, not um, physically, but financially. Because right. he, I quit, I gave my two week notice and he was a big, bitter not Kicks. We're talking about oh no, the yes, artist thank you. With. Um, the artist sure, I was Kicks with. is a big Metallica fan. No, Kicks is great. And so was Ronnie, although I didn't, I didn't say two words to that dude. We did we did a week with them and we talked to Ronnie way more. I don't think oh, we really? ever talked to Kicks. Okay, yeah. But yeah. Ronnie hung uh, Ronnie was fucking sweet as hell. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. It was a great I mean, I don't the keys player, um Yeah, Barry well, Ma- the guy they have now is named Mike. The guy they have now is named Mikey. Which by the way, you know Joe, our current lighting director, his last big tour was Barry Metal. It was really that was yes. his first tour. Um I want to hear the story about you getting screwed. Um, so I, uh, I gave my two week notice. Yeah. The physical one though, not the financial. <laughs> That's right. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <That's> kidding. <laughs> you gave your two weeks notice. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, you got paid, th- I was literally getting paid $350 a week and I did my last two weeks, but I, th- it fell on like a, we had like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday somewhere. And then like a Friday, Saturday, and then like an, another Monday or something, and then it it was two weeks worth of pay, and he only gave me one, and uh, I said, "Hey, you owe me three hundred fifty bucks." And this is sitting in a Holiday Inn, in like Baltimore, Maryland, at some truck stop. Uh, and he's, uh, I said, "You owe me three hundred fifty bucks," and he was, "No, I don't." I said, "Yeah, you do. It's two weeks." He said, "No, I don't." And then he like he said, "What are you gonna do about it?" Oh, <laughs> and like fun. squared up, and I was eighteen years old. 140 pounds soaking wet and he was every bit of like 375 yeah that's why he lost his record deal in the 90s because they literally told this chump lose weight or you're gonna lose your deal and he didn't and he lost his deal so he became this angry bitter great wow. singer yeah so it was it was not a it was a tough gig toward the end because he was not a happy fella yeah maybe well here's what i immediately found interesting about that there's a lot said about how hard the industry is on women, and I agree it is. Yeah, they are in some cases, and maybe even in most cases, held to yeah. different standards, right? But dudes lose gigs over being ugly or unattractive too. Oh, this was in the '90s, so it was like Garth Brooks. I remember we. <laughs> he basically lost his deal because he would not lose weight. Right. Now exactly. that's a story you hear a lot about yeah. female artists. Like and they lose ten more pounds and all this, but it really, if you're in entertainment, beauty's yeah. king. Period. And he was a great. 
great singer. Um, he does, he had won a contest. Uh, well, this is um, the Nashville uh, Nashville now with Ralph Emery. They had like some contest. You could win a record deal, and he won. Like his band won, and that's how he got his record deal. And they told him straight to his face, put on a hat and lose weight, fit into these Wranglers, and he did not fit into those Wranglers. <laughs> <laughs> He were lost. You, were the you deal. trying? To, were you helping him get him on? I, I, you owe me three hundred fifty dollars, motherfucker. No, I jumped in those Wranglers and, and they swallowed me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he hated me so much. Probably. So that ended with him just basically saying, "You're going to just take whatever I'm willing to give you." I, I'm, you're going to stick it. And I was like, "Man." So where'd you go from there? Um, he eventually he did. It's, it all works. It all comes out in the wash. Like he called wanting my services again, and I was like. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I was like, no. Wow. Yeah. No thanks, but no thanks, mm-hmm. pal. Um, I went home and joined a country band, uh, like pop cover band, and it's this is where the uh, musician ego will will come into it. But I became sort of super popular in my hometown. It's right. like just they the, knew you could do that three sixty dunk. That's f- right. I was the funnest guy to be around. <laughs> So, so I did that for um, a few years, and then joined this band called Janie Gray, which was a hippie jam band. This and but we toured with like Colonel Bruce Hampton. Um, Were you like chasing the dragon twenty four seven? Yes, <laughs> yes. Just burning that rope. Were you? I was. Up I wasn't. Cha- I wasn't chasing the dragon. I was riding that dragon twenty four seven three six five four twenty. Is that what we're talking? All, all the time. Yeah. What What do you got? Four twenty twenty four seven. All anything you got. I'm riding that dragon. That dragon and I were sharing in a, a crappy little apartment in Murfreesboro. <laughs> Splitting rent. Seriously. Yeah. That's right. No one ever sees the dragon after the party. It was it's uh, not good. He was he was a nice fella. Doesn't <laughs> leave the toilet seat down. Right. Yeah. He'd always light the candles. With his yeah. So so breath. I did that for lots of years. Um and then finally let's get to the part where you I come into your life. Yeah. It's uh, so Steve, it was twenty twenty two. I'm just kidding. No, no, um, let's see. I can I can uh shorten this somehow. Let's no, see. I was just joking. You no. don't have to shorten it. Um and I'm I need to condense it because it just goes on forever. Jesus. Um, let's see. Uh Janie Gray, then I uh moved back home. because um, I was, it was gonna kill me. I moved back home, uh started like working in churches, and then I met this Elvis impersonator. Um at a gig uh, at this thing, this play called Idols of the King, worked with a freaking Elvis impersonator, uh, Los Angeles-based guy for like, and we, yeah, we talked about that. Lee has the same story. That's right. Um, if, if the listeners remember the Lee Pardini episode. Yeah, I actually, Lee. Well, I'm sure they kept copious notes from I'm the Lee sure. Pardini well, episode. For those of you that were paying attention, Lee took my place with this Elvis guy. Um, it was a ridiculous gig. Like he, we played Disneyland. I went to Singapore, Malaysia. Were you living in L.A. at this time, or no, were you living in I, California? I was living in Tennessee. They called me, you know, how the, the, they called me the Tennessee One <laughs> instead of the Tennessee Two, like yeah. Johnny Johnny Cash. I was the Tennessee One. So Scott would fly me to Palm Springs and just go all over. The what was the Elvis impersonator's name? Scott Bruce. Scott oh. with one T. And we sort of had a falling out, which is unfortunate. <laughs> Scott with one T? Well, yes, yeah. Scott with one T. Scott with one T sounds like a troublemaker already. Already he's like, how can I cause trouble? I'm going to take one T he, off a name that always has two Ts. He was. He's a great, great human being, wonderful entertainer, and one of my best friends. But it, it just we had a small <laughs> falling out, which um, it might be a reoccurring pattern in my life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, what was it? 
What was um, it over? Did he owe you 350 bucks too? No, but everyone we, ends up owing you $350. <laughs> That's the limit. Um, no, he was working on a solo record uh, and just, yeah, so I was helping him. This is like, this would have been 2005 maybe. So I'd just gotten a MacBook rig and, and Pro Tools was, you could edit drums. So mm-hmm. he was, so it just became this nonstop editing machine. And it's a rockabilly record, right? Let's just do a take. Yeah, let's just do it live. Right. And no. It should be rowdy. We're talking about moving like hi-hats, like yeah. milliseconds to the right and right. left to literally, and this is before like quantizing actual audio was a thing, but you could cut and splice. Right. And oh my God. So you were producing it? Kind of. Yeah. Just helping him out for nothing. Like he would fly me out to Palm Springs. Um, yeah. It, it was, it was nuts. So finally I was like, I can't do this anymore. And at this point, I'd sobered up, and you know, this dude traveled with his own Jaeger machine. Yeah. Um, so, I've, done, I've done that before. <laughs> yeah, so, so I remember him tr- giving me life, uh, life advice. Uh, uh, maybe like three sheets to the wind, and I was like, "Man, this." this He's is like, "No, Don, come come have a seat. I want to tell you something. This is See, not the hi hat needs to go right <laughs> on with that kick drum. This is not going to fly." So I, I'm a. Uh, both of you dudes know I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. I think I think so. you're pretty nice. <laughs> what? what? Okay, no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but there there is a certain level. Uh, if you cross a, a line, you're nice till there's water on that bus floor. <laughs> I'd I'd hang around. I'd help clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> so so you're no longer with Scott Bruce. Yes, the Scott L's guy. with one T. He he was. I I hope he's listening. Cause I he I is. have I have since sent him emails like hey dude let's patch things up nothing let's collab yeah let's did co- you spell the name right did you did you at Scott Bruce at gmail dot com with I two t's I did yes there might be another, a Scott with two t's Bruce out there it was like, it was such a great gig it's uh, so easy for me because um, it was fifties sixties rockabilly but was it just Elvis or was it you just played a lot of songs from the fifties no it was all Elvis okay um, so but, only Elvis music yeah but like Lee. A brilliant musician, but mm-hmm. this guy, it, it was a great paying gig. So he had uh, Eugene Edwards, who now plays guitar for Dwight Yoakam, um, Russell Scott, bass player. Is he an Asian guy? Uh, yeah. yeah. Eugene? Yeah. I, uh, I don't know him. I've just done or he's not. Dwight. He's not Asian, actually. He's um, he's from Yuma, Arizona. Uh, mom uh, is, I think, I, I'm probably going to get this wrong. Hit the button. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have it ready. Go, go on. Um, I, I can't remember if his, his mom is Mexican, dad is... Uh, um, white dude from America. I can't remember. Okay, so he's a Latin. Dude. He's got great cheekbones and a, and a brilliant. He's a great looking dude. And, and Dwight smile. always and Dwight always has his band dressed sharp. Yeah, and Brian Whelan is the other guy for Dwight Yoakam. Also played keys with Scott. Anyway, which makes sense because those guys are all based in L.A. Right, exactly. There's a guy named Ty Cox, great drummer, plays with Sean Anna, um, a bunch of other bands. So I was like the weak link in that band. So. uh yeah, fun gig, but like everything, it ran its course. Like Jesus, I'm yeah. bummed over this. Yeah. yeah, it's time to move on to right. something else. Playing playing all the songs at Disneyland sounds like that could happen it was, pretty quick. The first time I was like, "Wow, this is incredible. This sucks." <laughs> the seventy fifth time when yeah. you're coming out of the stage from underground in Tomorrowland. Yeah, that's exactly Dude, right. Tomorrowland Terrace. I wonder yeah. if I told this story on the Lee episode, but you know, Josh Freese's dad yeah. is like a big band leader at okay. Disneyland. Yeah, and he. Uh, he was in Guns N' Roses briefly with right. Buckethead. And you know who Buckethead is? Yes, definitely. And Buckethead is obsessed with Disneyland. And when uh, when Josh was in Guns N' Roses with him, he was like, hey, you know, my dad is like one of the band directors over there and we can go anytime. 
is Buckethead was like, oh, yeah, I go to Disneyland all the time. And what Buckethead did was all of his favorite rides at Disneyland, the theme music for them, right. he recorded his own guitar versions of them. And he That's, would get on the rides and listen with headphones to his own recordings of the theme music of the ride he was um, on. There are some, um, a nice way to put it, there's some freaky Disneyland fans out there. Yeah. Right? Like there, um, but some great people that I have met after years Mickey, of, Minnie, years of playing there. Pluto. We did, um, <laughs> I did get in trouble at Disneyland once because it was a big deal if Mickey came to your stage like it was it was like the president was coming and there was a stage manager <laughs> there no so guy, this is good uh stage manager not making this up tim with two m's so i Jesus. Call, so what i know what's going wait, on in so, california so, man. so i called him tim <laughs> do we have rim shot music <laughs> right. i'm pretty sure we do but, oh check this out oh, get, tim, have that ready for don don jovi yeah, yeah, he's, he, i can tell he's heating up he's cooking up uh, here. it's uh so tim <laughs> He said, oh, great news, Don. I was like, what is it, Tim? <laughs> Jesus. And Mickey was coming to this Tomorrowland Terrace. <laughs> it was a big deal. It's like Dick, it's like, <laughs> it's like Dick Van Dyke's coming to the stage or something. <laughs> when, he shows, when he shows up, all of a sudden, he, all of a sudden you hear. Right, exactly. <laughs> hey, guys, listen up. I don't want to alarm anybody, but this is a big day. This is what we've all been waiting for. <laughs> Mickey's coming. That is Mickey's not coming. that. That is actually spot on. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so we're all excited. Well, it turns out Mickey was needed elsewhere. Oh, so no. we Mickey's kinda, busy, dude. Yeah. So we kind of got the shaft. We got we we didn't get the shaft. We got the duck. Hey, hey. as in Donald Duck. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> did you stand up there too? I did not. I should have. <laughs> anyway, so Donald Duck comes with Goofy. And it, but that's like a big. And, but Tim was visibly upset. Yeah, because Mickey wasn't there. Well, yeah, let me tell you what happened with Tim. He got his hopes up because that could change the whole trajectory of your career if Mickey. Because let's say Mickey comes and Mickey likey, right? You're gonna right. send those Disneyland ranks faster than a motherfucker. As long I, as I should have said Mickey this likes. earlier. Tim, he. He bought real estate on the moon. He had like little business cards. <laughs> he had business cards. He was like the mayor of a section of the moon. Wow. But he also had a day job at Disney. But um, yeah, uh, I doubt he's listening to this podcast. <laughs> he might be. I hope he is. If you're out there, Tim. Dude, I could listen to these Disneyland stories um, forever. Anyway, so yeah, Mickey didn't make it. And I, I got in trouble with Tim because he was like visibly. He owed you 350 bucks. <laughs> he was, he was uh, Disney paid terrible. It was awful. It was like <laughs> It was terrible. Um, it wasn't. I wish 350. Um, but yeah, he was visibly upset. And I said, Tim, I said, you know, Mickey is not a real person. It's a mouse. Like it's a cartoon. It's an anthropomorphic mouse. That and that's talks. a person in a costume. I said, I said, that's a 12 year old Asian child in a costume. <laughs> Did he say it's still real to me? Damn it. He, he got. He was mad. Um, well, he's a, this is the kind of person who bought real estate on the moon. <laughs> yeah. So let's not forget that. And he spells his name with two M's. Uh, it was just so funny. Disney is such a weird place. I remember, um, like the, I can't remember his name, but Subhead Honcho at Disney came to see. Walt, uh, oh, Walter. Right. Yeah, Walter <laughs> Disney. <Dizney. So>, okay. <laughs> uh, they came to see the set and. This guy was furious that my piano wasn't louder in the mix. And he came backstage saying how important the piano was to Elvis Presley's 
50 rock are you 15. sure that wasn't your mom and i was just like trying to are, get you are, more are you stage ta- time are you talking about Scott, like it, it, scotty moore is the, the important guy in there right the 50s guitar player right. uh anyway we're a bunch of weirdos it was your mom he's like donald is donald <laughs> turn turn don up don donald is to be talented <laughs> he's very very good boy makes <laughs> good grades turn him up He's an excellent basketball player. (laughs) He can do a whole 360 dunk. He's a lot smarter than that other Donald in the sailor outfit. (laughs) This guy, I think he's just one of those dudes who worked his way up uh, at Disney and thought he knew everything about everything, but he did not. And I was like, dude, this is an easy gig for me. I have like two piano solos and that's it. So yeah, don't turn me up. (laughs) So (laughs) so where do you go after Disneyland? I no. It brings us here to Minneapolis. Yes, <laughs> goodness. He just came straight here. Um, just got off the plane. Hey, welcome back to part two with Donnie. <laughs> um, uh, I started working in the church world, which is a whole big can of worms. Uh, I've said it before. I've met some of the w- most wonderful people you could ever meet in those VFWs in bars as a child, and I've met some of the most crooked, backstabbing humans you could ever meet. Uh, in a church. Having said that, um, I've worked for some great churches, some not so great. I like everything, good and bad. Yeah. But I spent a lot of time in that world, and then I'm, I'm not bad at what I do, so I started getting gigs in the Christian world. Um, yeah, and I spent like 10, 12 years in that industry. Yeah. So Touring? Yeah, like with... With some big people, right? Yeah, Casting Crowns, Mercy Me, Crowder, Mac Pal from Third Day. Oh, I was... <laughs> Um, so <laughs> I love that Mac Powell's basically Elvis. Really? Really? He's Mac Powell's a dear friend of mine. And we think a lot about, uh, the same way about a lot of people. Um, so it's is he a Georgia boy. He is. Yeah. Georgia boy. Yeah. Yeah. So once you, so this is actually interesting, I think for our audience to think about. So once you got into that world, you no, is typecast the right word then once you're running in those circles those are the gigs you're getting right yeah because i mean it can be hard to break out of it i i started out with this guy jj weeks um who had a big hit i mean called let them see you which is a piano ballad so the next thing you know they're flying me out to k-love on the west coast mm-hmm. and i was like holy crap i've made it i'm on k-love and we did the dove awards and then you're playing arenas and mm-hmm. it's everything is great and you you will get stuck uh, like years will fly by, it seems. But mm-hmm. I, I, my two main, I worked with Jay, and then I got a gig with this band, Unspoken, um, which is a super popular Christian pop band. I did a, a one record with them, but I was like in the band, which I sort of didn't want to be. Were but, you in the promo shots? Yeah. Were like, you covering your mouth like you don't speak? <laughs> <laughs> was it a band of mutes? That's right. You'd have to ask them about the name of that band. <laughs> they can't answer though. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's that's right. right. I've been asking them for years. But that that was a good gig, and then um, I toured with some heavyweights, and and I shouldn't trash that industry too too much um there's some good people in it um and uh but then went on to work with zach williams the chain breaker dude who's pretty much at this point just a crossover country artist and mm-hmm. he, and uh, that whole camp is great so so i spent a lot of time there but then i uh, it's it's like the 350 dollar thing i i have a tendency to like maybe stay three four years somewhere and then i'm out <laughs> Right, so we got you for three. Good, yeah, years. good to know. <laughs> Just kidding. Morgan, if you if, out there play piano, Morgan, um, if you're listening, I love the song "Phantom uh, <laughs> Feelings." Feelings, thank you. Nailed it. <laughs> um, but this is a great gig. Yeah, 
Uh, we should fast forward to this gig <laughs> if you want to. But you say that to all the bands. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, let's let's fast forward to you getting here. So, because I mean, you've you've had you've been doing a lot of shit. Yeah. Um. So I I did not want to be in the Christian world anymore. Um. Uh. As a musician, I was just like I was kind of over it because every and I mean this in the kindest way possible, but um, everything is so MacBook driven. It's video walls. It's click tracks. It is you have one guitar player on stage and like four guitar tracks going on it's it is it becomes not fun to be a part of uh the most important person in the band is the macbook right right so mm-hmm. um well, weren't we talking about um because i was telling you this gig we don't really do anything like that you right. know like it's all live on the floor and uh we're talking about bands at these festivals where like their macbook goes down they can't play their set right yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, we're like what like i get that you're gonna play a different set it's not gonna be as Powerful, maybe, right. but you can't even play your songs without yeah. the tracks, With, without the video. Well, a lot of those, a it. lot of those kind of artists too, like that that Ableton rig or whatever in their MacBook is con- controlling lights and pedal board switches and all this stuff. And it's like, man, you got to have a plan B. You got to be able to play your songs. Well, at this point, even that gig, it's like that's a legit job in that industry in the country world mm-hmm. kind of like that it's what are they, there's a name for it but it's like it's the appleton guy yeah. oh yeah that's <laughs> oh, it yeah. well that's it <laughs> right yeah you all, like a lot or of like a show producer yeah, tracks yeah. guy it's um which is fine i'm not knocking it just not my speed i'm i am a vfw moose lodge right well dude. i mean yeah. i mean i mean this in all sincerity having also come from a similar background once you cut your teeth in that shit yeah that's it's, that's who you are i i remember doing a gig uh where the macbook died and the artist I was working for turned around to the drummer and said, just count the song off. And he didn't. Yeah. He said, hey, just count it off. Cannot compute. Yeah. It, right. Exactly. And, it, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, like he didn't know how to go one, <laughs> two, yeah. We probably thought, like, I don't know the tempo. Like, what am I supposed to do? Well, and that's the thing. Is like He completely froze, for sure. Well, but, I, um, I think using the technology is awesome. Like, it right. may, I mean, bands sound as powerful as ever. It's awesome. Sorry. But you have to be able to play your fucking songs. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. So, I... So you wanted a break from that. Yes. And what's the name of that last country band you were in that was, was kind of doing well? Right. 49? 49 Winchester. Right. I started working with them. Uh, and they, they're kind of popping off right now, They're doing right? great, yeah. I played all the keys in B3 on Fortune Favors the Bold, which is their latest record. Because you're also um, a session musician. Yes. And then um, the one before that, I met, they're from the Tri-City area, Bristol, um, Castlewood, Virginia. Um, so I met them at classic studios in bristol and and instantly liked this kid chase who was their bass player and said hey if you ever need b3 on something let me know if you ever need someone to kiss you or <laughs> you want to borrow 350 dollars <laughs> if you ever want to not pay me for four gigs i'd love to be in your band <laughs> I, I had no idea other than the the you know um the hallowed David J. Matthews. How much talent was running through the water in uh, Virginia, dude? Oh, it's insane. Yeah. All of these great musicians. By the way, I want to give a shout out to a uh, guest of mine who came to the show last night who brought me. Oh, yeah. This oh, is yeah. great. I just got to give, give this dude a shout out. Um, he came with his wife, uh, Ben and Kelly Jenkins. That's right. He, I've told this story before. Uh, he hit me up and he had, before these crowded streets on vinyl, which they made less than 5,000 of, it's super rare. It's like my white whale, and it's extremely expensive. And he hit me up a few months ago and asked if I wanted it. I said yes, and he brought it last night. That's incredible. I slept with yeah. it in my bunk. That's a, that's, that is a nice fella. I think that deserves a give up. Let's give it up. Thank you, guys. 
I will cherish that record for all time. Um, where are you at with Dave Matthews, being a Virginia um, guy? I uh, is he? I, do you have a statue of him in your no living room? Um, I remember playing tracks and seeing a poster of that band. Uh, For those of you not know, Tracks is a huge Charlottesville yeah. club where Dave played like every Tuesday or something. something, and I thought, yeah, I wonder who that chump is. And then I remember hearing, um, what would you say? Or seeing the video on MTV. When would you say? Is what <laughs> when, what would you say? Which would you go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which would you choose? That's what I should have called it. Uh, but I, uh, I heard that song or mm-hmm. saw the video, and I was like, damn, that's a hit. Yeah. And... Not that I have some magical ability to predict someone's career, but... Would you tour with him if you got the offer? Um, probably not. You would decline it? Yeah. Because of Morgan, because you've got this gig? I, I It's it's weird. Um, you get older and you just become some ornery old man and you just do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. So I was prepared to not tour anymore and because of the pandemic started teaching and making money from my couch, Zoom lessons. So I have all these teaching things coming down the the pipe, but Johnny, I, I knew that you guys would probably add keys at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot John, of keys on the record. Yeah, and uh, and Derry and Billy, uh, both great players um, who played all over that uh, those two records, the last one and the, this next one. Um, so I knew that would happen. Maybe like I just sometimes I do know things. Not to like <laughs> brag on my clairvoyance but um i just had a feeling that this would hold on a second no way dunk a basketball 360 it's i i it's i don't play anything on the keyboards i can sing you an a you have a relative pitch you just sing a goddamn a out of the blue (laughs) and you also have cognitive esp abilities i i knew this would come to fruition could you could you feel it i think you probably could i can feel it i can feel it that's not an a (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but so uh yeah what was i talking about also, you kind of figured the morgan thing might open up and you want yeah, to be available well and at this point this stage of the game i want to play music that i enjoy and no lie i just did tell her uh that that song phantom feelings such that's such a great song yeah and and um no one's I, heard it yet it's oh <laughs> well you didn't just sing it it's okay <laughs> it's an a i can phantom i can phantom <laughs> <laughs> Those are his ad libs at the end. That's he right. just took an ad lib vocal, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I um, so yeah, here we are. Yeah, look at that. But I, I think Morgan knew my work with Forty Nine, and I'm sure Johnny played you all those stupid piano solos or whatever, and said, "Hey, he's not terrible, and he's a nice right. guy." So give this guy a shot. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're here. It's working yeah. out. Oh, so far, so good. So right? far, so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 15 shows in, I think we're doing okay. We'll see what happens tonight. <laughs> right? Are we'll we see. gonna Are we gonna cover Purple Rain? Do you have is the ability a... to talk to ghosts too? I mean, could you tell? Um, Prince? Oh yeah, could let's you talk about that more. Um, I have seen. I have seen. Like, I knew every gig that I was gonna get. That's a true story. Like, I'm. I, people might think that's nuts, but I. I knew I'd get the unspoken gig. I knew I, I bought Zach's record. After I quit Unspoken, I went to their storage unit, got all my crap, put it in my van, drove home, uh, hit the Lifeway Christian bookstore, and bought Zach's record because I knew that I'd get that gig. And sure uh, sure enough, it fell right into my lap. Do you want to go get a lottery ticket with me this afternoon? Yeah. Let's see. Um, do, let me, maybe. Can, I we have, have to, can we go to the casino our next day off? Yes, we can do that. 
There was a talk of going last night, but I got in my little bunky bunk and went nighty night. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I wasn't feeling it last you, night. You weren't feeling it? Well, you got to <laughs> turn that around and just. I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> it's like our joy on the podcast. No, it's good. It's good. I know. Uh, pull the roulette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just see what all's in there. Let's, yeah, let's show Don what's going on with the magic yeah, box. I mean, if, if if at any point you you want to kind of sexy up the mood, no problem. Yeah, I actually just want to get Don's like visceral shooting from the hip reactions to all of our samples. So That's, let's just go down. Okay. Don't explain any. Do we have? A, are these reoccurring samples? Yeah. Are they one shots? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Be. Okay. You ready for this one? You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed and sterilized, so you get nothing. You lose. What do you think, Don? I love it. Yeah. You know where that's from? I, you know, I don't. Yeah. It, Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate yeah. Factory. Okay, yeah. And then the, the, the back half is this. Good day, sir. I love it. All right, moving on. <laughs> we heard good day, mate. Have we heard this one? Two worlds collide. Oh, of course, yeah. We sang that the other night at uh, Nicole's birthday party. Yeah. Were you there for that? You I probably weren't there I, for no, that. No, I did the hillbilly slip on that. I, I missed it. <laughs> 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 I have, I have <laughs> noticed, like, because I'm the king of the Irish exit, but you're pretty good at it, too. I, yeah, I will be, uh, yeah, I will be the life of the party, and then you won't see me. Can yeah. I tell another tour story? Of course. <laughs> yeah. That's right. You don't want to hear more songs from the box? Oh, no, let's do the box. Yeah, let's Peace do the box. and love. I, you won't know this, but this one's pretty fun. We end our lives as moles in the dark of Dawn Patrol. What do you think, Don? It sounds like Thriller. <laughs> it does kind of sound like Thriller. Yeah, you're right. Money talks and bullshit walks. I, I love that one. That's from Spinal Tap. Okay. This bit's not going as well as I thought, because Don's <laughs> just saying he loves them all. I know. He loves, there's nothing you hate on here, Don? Come on, man. <laughs> That's right. How about, how about a boring-ass drum roll? Sounds... Great to me. <laughs> that, that that used to be my tw- on my uh, speaking of uh, social media. It was like Don means whatever B three player loves everybody. I do genuinely <laughs> right. love everybody until you cross me and then I hate you for life. <laughs> right. Right. Until you refuse to pay you three hundred right bucks or, or anything else. Yeah. You got a parting tour story for us? You got a tour story that's going to bring the whole thing home? It's um, going to encapsulate everything we've said. It's going to sum up you as a person and as a musician. And going to ratchet our audience and usher them to the exit door. Can um, you tell a story that will do that? Yikes! Um, no big whoop. The one I was going to tell was I got off a bus in the middle of the of a tour and didn't tell anybody. And they left you? <laughs> no, I left them. Oh, you quit? Oh, oh, you did the hillbilly slip on tour? <laughs> yes, and they woke up at the at the venue the next day and said, "Is Don still sleeping?" And opened up the curtain. I wasn't there. Just a little note. Where about about, about all your gear? I went and got it eventually. Oh, you just left it with them? Yeah, it was in the trailer. What did you do? You just went to an airport? Yep. <laughs> was the gig that bad? It's, um, the, the, these guys, oh my God. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a long story, but I, they just rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, that's the best way to put it. And so I just like, yeah, I've had enough. So I just went to the bus driver and I, my dear friend, Michael Cordry, uh, Marriott guy who I love dearly. <laughs> Okay. So I got on my phone, found a courtyard, uh, and told the bus driver, I said, you're going to drop me off this next exit as we're driving through Memphis. And, uh, yeah, I just got off the bus at four in the morning. So wow. 
Do you feel ashamed about it now? No. <laughs> I have a similar story, but it's a shameful story. Uh, but I don't know if I've ever told anybody. There's no shame here. Um, and maybe we can end with this, with me sounding like a shithead. <laughs> so when I was 15, I dated a girl who lived in Pleasant Grove, Alabama, which was like a couple of towns over from Pelham, Alabama, where I'm from. Right. And we honestly really liked each other. We had a good time. She was real attractive, and we liked each other. She's over at my house, and I don't know why, but we said goodbye hug and kiss in the driveway she drove her red mustang back to pleasant grove and i never talked to her again i just literally never called her again wow and i just completely ghosted her i just wanted to break up with her i don't know why and i never saw her again until like two three years later i was working at a pretty prominent chicken restaurant called (laughs) guthrie's chicken it sounds expensive and uh it wasn't (laughs) believe me fancy it wasn't and I was like making the orders and you could look through the order window and yeah. I look over and there she is standing there Man. and she was like, come out here right now. She confronted my ass and she was like, what? Cause this is back in the like late nineties. Yeah. It wasn't that easy to, there was no social media. We had That's, like pagers. Right. Yeah. And she was like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. You just never, t- I just never yeah. saw you again. And I was like, I know I'm a right. shithead. Yeah. I'm just, I gotta go make the chicken. Now. Yeah, and like, do you want your chicken or not? Because it's <laughs> right. cold. Hey, if I throw in a free biscuit or two, will that help? I, sh- I should clarify. I did. Uh, I did come back to that band and, and do the next like little tour that they had, like a little five week thing, and then I was once out. they paid you that three hundred fifty bucks, and I like, was out. Yeah. I was like, they, they, yeah, they, yeah, not not great people. Anyway. Well, these are some awesome stories to end on, I think. Okay. I, love, I love it. <laughs> Do you want it something happy? No, it's okay. I, 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 love, I love you doing the hillbilly slip in the middle of a tour. And I love that Clint was working. I'm kind chicken. of regretting telling it. Someone else told a story that makes him look like a shithead, too. Um, okay. got I, I got lots of these. Yeah. <laughs> Don, tell a story from this morning. Okay. Um. So it was 8 a.m. this morning. Well, after I told Morgan that I loved her entire record. <laughs> no, no one has to. I'm happy to be the resident shit. No, wait. I, I'll tell you one that I don't know if I've ever told anybody. Okay. Well, now the, now the juice is running. Now I'm liking it. Um, let's see. What's what's the story I could tell you? Oh, I once uh, broke into my own band van that we had because I would separated myself from the group like I was prone to do. Went back to the van, which is parked. They'd already gone out to tear it up on the town, and I just wanted to get back in the van, and it was locked, so I just smashed the window. <laughs> Wow. And then did you blame it on like a vagrant? I did. I They came and was like, someone busted the window. I was like, I know. It was like that when I got here. Oh, <laughs> dude. That is gnarly. So they called the cops and filed a police report. And I knew the whole time that I... They're like, uh, we have some surveillance footage from the nearest... But I, uh, I didn't like bust out the whole window. It's just like the little side window. And I reached my long monkey arms around and locked the door. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's cold as I... They're like, holy shit. So you're like, I know. This is horrible. Can you believe they didn't steal anything? <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of them just wanted to unlock the, the door and sleep in here for a minute. I think, I think my dear friend Tony Keats... Uh, who I'm still pals That's with. It's Tony with, with three Y's. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this guy's... Any of your friends spell their names normally? Tony does, yeah. But I think he knew, like, you did this, didn't you? know what? No, dude. No, me? Little old me? <laughs> little, me? <laughs> little Don Don Jovi would never do I that. I must have been walking up to the van when they were smashing. That's probably, that's probably why they didn't steal anything. I can't believe they didn't steal my gargantuan headphones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, look, we're going to have to do a part two with you where you're yeah. gareless with all of your stories of you, and I, particularly the ones where you're the shithead. Yeah. Is that there's, cool? Th- there's lots of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, get some, I'll, I'll get some pulled out of my hard drive as well of a brain. <laughs> Well, thank you, Don. Oh, I'm really glad you're out here with us, man. Pleasure to be here, really. Pleasure. And we'll do yeah. it again. Thanks for listening at home. We love you guys. All of you who hopped on the Patreon train the last few months has been great. Everyone who said hey to us at the shows, 
We're having a blast yeah. out here. We'll see you next week. Peace. Adios. Adios. <laughs> hey, everyone. Clinton Ethan here, and we want to tell you about a little thing called Patreon. Patreon is an easy and interactive way to support the people who make the things that you love. For as little as five bucks a month, you can ensure that Metal Up Your Podcast can continue to grow in quality and content. That's equivalent to a cup of coffee or a beer once a month. Not only is it easy and affordable, but we've made it a priority since day one to give back to our Patreon community. We've given away deluxe box sets, rare vinyl, black and whiskey, concert tickets to SM2 and Slane Castle, all four of our Cover Our World Black and EPs. 26 quarantine covers, and Lunar Satan demos. Invitations to exclusive Zoom happy hours, the ability to ask our guests like Jay Weinberg of Slipknot, Lizzie Hale, and members of the Metallica crew your very own questions. And eligibility for our Metal Tales series where you can be a guest on Metal Up Your Podcast and tell us all about a notable Metallica show you've been to. Subscribe to Patreon today and immediately get access to years' worth of bonus content. Thank you for supporting the people who make the things that you love. Peace. Adios. I can't talk about it anymore. It's giving me a headache. Here, take two of these. Ah, new print. Little, yellow, different. <laughs>